This past week, the Archdiocese of New Orleans has been in the news because one of their priests engaged in a satanic ritual in his church with some women of the night. They desecrated the holy altar in his parish. It was so demonic what this priest engaged in in his church. It was so demonic that the Archbishop of New Orleans had to go to his church, remove the altar, and burn it. That's how demonic it was. This was a big sin that this priest participated in in his parish. And many of us can look at this event of this sin of this priest in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and we can say, how did that happen? How can something so evil take place in a Catholic church, in the house of God? And I don't know this priest well, so I don't know what happened that led up to this terrible, grave sin, but I do know that big events of sin don't just happen for any of us. We all have our dominant faults, our dominant vices, and sometimes in our walk toward eternity, we fall into serious sin with regards to our dominant vices. And we have these big events that we then bring to the confessional of wrath, where we blew up on our roommates. We cursed at them and we screamed at them. We shouted at them and called them out of their name. We demeaned them by our words, our gossip, where we speak ill against our classmates, our coworkers, our family members, our lust, where we objectify other people on this campus and use their bodies for our pleasure. And we say, I don't know how it happened. I don't know what happened. It just, it just, it just happened. It didn't just happen. Every big event of sin is always, always preceded by dozens, dozens, if not hundreds of what appears to be minor events that aren't so minor after all. What seems to be insignificant, things that seem to be insignificant, but in reality, they're not insignificant at all. Think about our day. Think about our day, how it begins whenever we might fall into a, a big event of sin that we then bring to the confessional. Rather than just focusing on that event, let's focus on what happened prior to it. We wake up in the morning. This is something everyone here did. We woke up at some point today. And many of us, when we woke up today, we woke up because our cell phone had an alarm on it. The alarm goes off on our cell phone, and this right here is the first battle of the day. It's the hidden battle. Nobody sees it but you and God. The alarm went off. And what do some of us do when the alarm goes off on our phones? We hit the what? The snooze button, right? Just five more minutes. I'm tired. Had a late night last night. I was out with some friends. I was watching my favorite show. I, I was up studying so late. I just need five more minutes. And look, it's not a sin to hit the snooze button, but 
What is that taking us away from by hitting the snooze button? Time that could have been given to who? Jesus. God. God could have received our first fruits of the day if we would have not hit the snooze button. But we hit the snooze button. Just five minutes. But five minutes then turns into what? The alarm goes off again and we're like, you know, I'm still kind of tired. I'm just going to like do ten more minutes of rest. So we hit the snooze button again. Ten minutes turns into twenty minutes. And then we finally we decide it's time to get up. So we get the cell phone. We hit that app. We turn off the alarm so we can get up. And then we notice that we have some text messages on the phone. Again, I have a choice now. I can either acknowledge, hey, look, I have some text messages that I'm going to check in like 10 minutes, but I really need to give God some time today. Before the busyness of my day starts, before distractions come into my day, before I get caught up in the school and the work and all my friends' drama and relationship stuff, I really could give God 10 minutes right now. But man, sometimes... Whenever I go to pray, it's pretty difficult to hear the voice of God. It's pretty difficult to perceive what is the Lord trying to say to me in prayer, with scripture, in silence. And reading a text message is something so tangible, I can, it's concrete. I can see what this person is saying. It's a lot more attractive. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to check out this text message really quick. And then after I read this text message, then I'm going to spend about 10 minutes with God. Then I'm going to take my shower and get ready for my day. But then we, we read the text message early in the morning. And that text message says something like, hey, you won't believe what, what happened. You need to check social media. You need to see what so-and-so posted. So then what do we do? I mean, I guess I could just check real quick. It won't hurt anybody if I just check social media first thing in the morning. So now I, I go on Facebook or I go on Instagram or I go on Twitter or whatever it is, my social media thing that I'm drawn to, and I say, I'm just going to go on for 60 seconds. That's it, just 60 seconds. And 60 seconds of, of scrolling on social media turns into 60 minutes. Can't stop looking at it. I'm now looking at everybody else's life, what everyone else is saying, all the comments on everyone else's pages. Now I look at the time and I realize, man, I've got to go. I have class, I have work, I have stuff I've got to do, so now I'm rushing. As opposed to easing into my day with the grace of God, I'm now rushing. And I run to a quick shower and brush my teeth and get my clothes and head out the door and I, I get to class and I'm kind of frazzled in class. I'm kind of frustrated because I didn't have any quiet time with Jesus. And some of my, my classmates are getting on my nerves. Some of my friends are, are bothering me. I'm kind of frustrated with some people in the circle who I hang out with. They've been saying some things that have really been bothering me. And, and I'm noticing in my disposition that I'm, I'm not being very patient with them. And my body, my actions are showing it. That I'm kind of frustrated with them. And, and this kind of disappoints me because I don't want them to feel bad about how they act, but man, I can't seem to control my actions, and, and now I'm saying some, some words to them that aren't, aren't so kind, and I'm, now I'm condemning myself because, man, I can't believe I'm being so impatient, and I'm being so unkind to my classmates or to my coworkers, to my peers. We will only act like Jesus, who is patient and who is kind at all times, 
We will only act like Jesus if we spent some time with Jesus. We become like those who we hang out with. So if I'm not hanging out with Jesus, I'm not acting like Jesus. It's that simple. And when I pray is when I hang out with Jesus. And so because I didn't hang out with Jesus, now I'm not acting like him. Imitation of Christ flows from adoration. Adoration leads to imitation. If I've not been gazing on the face of God in prayer, and I don't mean an hour of prayer, I mean 10 minutes. If I've not given Jesus any time in my day, I'm not going to think, speak, or act like Jesus. And this frustrates me now. It frustrates me. So I come home from work in the evening, get home from school, classes, go to my dorm, and I know I can pray now. I know I missed prayer in the, in the morning, and, but I know I have time I can pray now. Before I have to do some more homework, I can, I can give God at least 20 minutes, just 20 minutes. I know I can give 20 minutes in the living room or in my bedroom, but I, it's just been a long day. And I'm, I'm going to give him 20 minutes of prayer. But before I do that, like, let me just, like, turn on the TV real quick. See what's on the news. Let me just go back on social media and see what's happening in the world. Just real quick. I just want to relax just for a few minutes. And now I'm caught up in what's happening in the evening news. Caught up what's happening on the evening of social media. Politics are all over social media right now, and I'm now seeing what this politician is saying. And I'm like, wait a minute, no, this politician is lying. That's not good. That's not true. That's not beautiful. And now I'm getting frustrated with this person. And instead of just turning the TV off, I now can't stop watching because I want to hear the next lie this person says. I'm getting mad now. Then my roommate comes in the dorm. Roommate comes home. They've had a long day, too. Life isn't easy for them. They have their own stuff going on. They got their own relationship issues. They got their own struggles with studies, with discernment, with vocation. They're kind of frustrated what's happening in my life. What does God want me to do? And they kind of come home and have a little attitude. Not a big one, just a little one. But I don't like their attitude. And at this point, I haven't prayed today. And now I'm really frustrated. They have an attitude I don't like. And before I know it, I'm screaming at them. I'm cursing at them, calling them out of their name. And then to justify my actions, I, I call some other friends so I can gossip about them, so I can make sure that I'm right and, and they're wrong. Or I came home, I got frustrated with everything going on in the world and decided to have a couple of drinks just to wind down, just to chill. And again, it's not a problem to have a glass of wine or a drink if you're over 21. But here, this drink turns into two or three or four, and now I'm feeling kind of tipsy. Decided to text my ex, who I know is not good for me, who I know really doesn't love me, but I'm feeling kind of lonely. So I text my ex, and all of a sudden, my ex comes over. We're just going to hang out. And all of a sudden, just hanging out leads to things that now I regret. I don't know how it happened. Because of all of those other events that preceded the event, all those other events that seemed to be so insignificant and so minor, but in reality were very significant. They were very big deals. I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to simply say yes to Jesus, 
to say yes to Jesus' invitation to get away with him and spend just some time with him. But I kept resisting his invitations. I kept rejecting his invitations for sleep, for comfort, for friends, for text messages, for emails, for phone calls, for social media, for news, for drinks, for all these other lesser goods and sometimes not so goods. And because I rejected Jesus over and over and over and over again, when it came time to make a choice for God in a very big event, I said no to God because I've been used to saying no to God in many other ways. That's what happened in today's gospel. Jesus Christ tells us this parable about the the wedding feast, the invitation from God our Father for each and every single one of us in this church to abide in relationship with him who sees us, who knows everything about us, and who loves us through and through. In the midst of all of our mess and brokenness, God wants to be in a relationship with us, and he invites us. And then how often do we, like his people in the parable, just say, not today. I don't have time. I don't have time. The people in the parable were busy with farming, it says. They ignored the invitation and went away to their farms. They ignored the invitation and went away to their businesses. Farming is not a sin Going to work is not a sin, but when you prioritize all these lesser goods over Jesus, you're setting yourself up for failure in the long term in our walk toward heaven. God wants to invite all of us to examine not just the big events of our life, the big opportunities of grace, the big opportunities to sin. God wants to invite us to examine all of those details of our life that really don't seem like they're that big of a deal, but in reality they are. Because if we can say yes to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus in prayer for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, each and every single day, if we can say yes to Jesus in virtue, in very small acts, then when it comes time for the big act, then the biggest act is going to be our eternal salvation. If we've been accustomed to saying, yes, Jesus, yes, Father, yes, Spirit of God, over and over and over again, then we will be prepared. We will have the capacity to say yes to Jesus in the biggest event of our life, which is our eternity. So let us ask God for the grace to say yes to him in the hidden battles throughout our day so that we can abide in relationship with God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit on earth and forever in the kingdom of heaven.